Welcome back, listeners. I'm your host, Jeff Lambert, Executive Director for the National Demolition Association, and this is Demolition Now, NDA's official podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk with President James Milburn with Milburn Demolition as he discusses his career path in the industry, find out what makes him tick, and the new 2023 strategic plan. NDA has in-store many exciting new projects, including chapter formation, the certified demolition supervisor, and member growth. Over the next three years, we hope to eventually double our membership. Then we sit down with Claudia St. John to have a discussion about workforce development, including the skilled labor shortage and what NDA members can do in the near and long-term to ensure their businesses are ready for the next 10 to 15 years. And then finally, we hear from NDA Director of Government Affairs, Alex McIntyre, as he discusses the upcoming legislation and regulatory agenda here in the United States. Stay tuned. Great to have you back. Welcome back, listeners. This morning, I have our new president, Mr. James Milburn with Milburn Demolition joining us. And I'd like to have him just talk a little bit about his past um, background experience in the industry, as well as just provide us some insights on what he sees going forward for the next two years. When I first joined National Demolition Association close to five years ago now, James was the treasurer. So I've had the chance over the last four and a half years to get to know James quite well. We meet um, weekly as part of the executive committee calls. Um, so I got a chance to kind of see how his mind works, where he's headed. James is the kind of guy that likes to roll up his sleeves and really get into the issue, the problem and try and solve it. So he's a very hands-on person who doesn't mind getting his hands dirty and Look forward to working with James over the next uh, two years as we go forward with our new strategic plan. So welcome to the show, James. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you having me. So I just I want to ask a little bit about your background here because I know our listeners will be keen on that. You know, I think your story mirrors um, a lot of folks in the demolition industry. And one of the funny things about the demolition industry is you guys all have a similar mindset. You all have a similar way of thinking. And the way I describe that to people outside of the industry, you know, these these folks are tasked with doing the impossible sometimes, right? They're told, you know, you cannot take that down or how can you do this? How can you do that? So there's this real problem solving mentality, I think, in the industry that goes, you know, I talked to one person, like, how can we get this done? How can we figure this out? I'll talk to somebody else and it's the same type of question. So it's kind of funny to me, but um, so I think it would be worthwhile to talk a little bit about your background. You know, when you decided to do demolition as a profession, um, you know, how you decided to get into the field. Uh, sure. So uh, when I was at uh, Purdue University studying construction management, the NDA um, did a partnership with Purdue um, and I think um, Caterpillar was 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 also in connection with that since they have a manufacturing facility right there and headquarters right there. Um, and so I went to my first convention, uh, my first NDA convention. I think I think it was 2004, but it could have been 2005. Um, 
um, in Las Vegas. And I got to meet um, a bunch of a bunch of members, both uh, locally to where I'm from, Chicago, and uh, and across the country and and in Canada. And um, that was kind of my first that was my first insight into the industry as a larger uh, as a larger picture. And I really enjoyed the people that um, that were there and um, the the kind of the kind of business business and creative problem solving um, um, mentalities that they all seem to come with, um, as well as obviously the entrepreneurial side of things. Um, so I got my first internship, um, as a result of attending that convention, uh, to a demolition for a demolition company uh, out of Chicago. And I uh, really enjoyed that summer. I went back to school and got a, got a co-op or a co-op opportunity. So I, I, um, I actually actually left the demolition industry for a year and then um, followed up with another internship with a different demolition contractor that did, um, you know, more traveling industrial based demolition around the country and, um, and Canada. And I ended up um, taking a position with them full time after graduating in, um, in 06. Uh, so basically, so basically 2004 to 2005, I kind of decided uh, based on a couple different jobs uh, that I had experienced that demolition was the way I wanted to go. And uh, there's, there's, that's, that's been the case ever since. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so many different fascinating um, parts of demolition, right? Whether you're talking about total interior, I know your company focuses a lot on interior. Was there any particular moment you decided I'm going to focus on this area, that area? I mean, what, is there anything in particular that stood out to you? You know, for, for me, I mean, I, I mean, I think a lot of people, the decision comes down to what business is available. Uh, and what their and what their personal expertise is in, and, and so my my experience had been a, a combination of of large scale industrial um, and, and interior and selective structural demo. Um, but on the estimating and sales side of things, like the only experience I had with estimating and sales was on uh, was was more on that interior and selective structural side of things, and that's where my where my contacts and potential customers uh, were in. So that was just kind of the natural way to. Uh, for me to start. Um, obviously, uh, another factor there is when, when you're starting out, you got to decide where to spend your money, your limited, uh, your limited financial resources. So, um, you know, with a, with a less large equipment based budget, you know, it, it's, it was a little easier for me to cash flow, uh, you know, day one through year two, uh, without focusing on on too much heavy equipment, right? So, right now we're, now we're probably 70, 30. So we're probably 70%. Actually, throughout COVID, we it kind of flipped a little bit. So I'd say we're probably sixty to seventy percent interior and selective, and 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 the rest is uh, is you know total total uh, structure removal. So, so you work yeah. for a few different companies. You mentioned your internship, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, when did you decide, like, hey, I'm gonna strike out on my own. I'm gonna put my name on a shingle and, and hang it out there. Like, very one thing. Yeah, you know, I I um. I worked for a traveling company that was, that was fantastic uh, experience. Um, I worked for them for about three years and then I just decided, you know, I, I had a decision to make, like, do I want to continue this path of, of always being on the road and, um, and, um, or, or do I want to kind of get back to Chicago and kind of create my, my home base and, and start a family, et cetera. And so I, I decided to do that. So that process kind of determined the switch of companies, um, um, for that one. So then I worked for a local company in Chicago and they focus more in selective interior demolition. 
And, you know, like most, like I said, the majority of demolition companies, they're, you know, small, small businesses, family owned. Um, and, and oftentimes there's, there's a ceiling to opportunity, uh, at least, at least, um, in, in, in my case, you know, um, and this isn't to say anything, anything negative whatsoever about that company. I just felt, I felt as though, you know, the family that was involved in the company was going to maintain those, those seats, if you will, um, and the higher level leadership. And I just didn't, I didn't see really any more opportunity for myself, um, with them. So I, I just decided I kind of had a decision to make. I either go, go work for somebody else, um, and potentially experience the same issue, um, or, or go work for somebody else where I'd be traveling, you know, 50 to 75%. And, and at that time I had, um, a wife, a child and one on the way. Um, and so the, the you know, the decision at the, the, between me and my wife was like, well, let's just, I mean, now's the, about the only time left that, you know, we'll have the ability to, to try this out. So that's when I decided to, uh, to start my own company. And, um, that was in late, late 2013, early 2014 is when the, the, the business actually got started it was um i think february of 2014 so right. we've been at it we've been at it for nine years now company's doing quite well i mean you see the top 40 rankings and you guys have been on them like you just opened up a satellite office in tampa i mean things are going well for you um you know and it's great to see in the demolition industry you mentioned like family-run uh, businesses etc like i feel like more and more the opportunities here in america for for that sort of entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit, you know, reside in construction and, you know, the service-based industry. And, you know, it's great to see Americans and folks, um, you know, Canadians, all international folks get out there, strike out on their own and do their own thing. And this is, it's just great to see that from, you know, an outsider's perspective, watching you start this company, build this company. And, um, you know, I know that you've worked as you built this company, with NDA and you've tapped into NDA quite a bit. So I, my next question is, what does NDA mean to you and the company? Like, how has that helped you along the way? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I may have a pretty unique um, perspective here, but, you know, I, I think I, one of my first major payments as a new business was my NDA membership. So I, I, I paid the $2,500 or whatever the membership fee was at the time uh, before I had any any revenue coming in. So that's, that's how important I always thought it, you know, the, the membership and participation was, I mean, really um, for me, if you're not, if you're not like, you know, you got to maintain an active role in, in whatever industry or whatever business you're in. I mean, if you're not, then, you know, you're letting other people dictate potential outcomes um, for the, for the business as a whole and the industry as a whole. So um, so that to me is kind of a no brainer, but then also I just, the relationships created with, um, with like-minded competitors and with companies all the, all across the country that are, you know, experiencing the same struggles and the same upsides and downsides that we, that, that we are, it's just extremely helpful to, to be able to actively communicate, um, you know, with, with those people at any given time. So, um, you know that, and then in addition to the obviously the the the, the safety the safety programming, the training courses, um, uh, convention where we get to see all the new the new cool toys that are available, um, and, and just all the all the interactions and all the all the things that we that we get from the NDA. I mean, it, it, to me, it's 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 a necessity. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't do business without it. So, 
Yeah, and you were you were actively involved in putting together one convention. I think it was in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Memory serves correct. You were also instrumental in helping put together the foundation of demolition training courses. And you've been on the front end of we just launched our beta test of the certification. So we've got a lot of really cool stuff um, coming in the pipeline. And I know that you have sent many of your staff to uh, attend our trainings. You were obviously involved in the creation of that. And so um, it's just it's great to see the number of folks that are coming through these training programs and and um, I know you're you're a high user of these programs. I mean, you mentioned the safety. Um, you know, the estimating course is is one of those in the foundations of demolition. I mean, when you were putting those courses together, was there any one thing you had in mind uh, as you were compiling the stuff? You know, across the country from different trainers, et cetera. No, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we we as a company do a lot of internal trainings and 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 we train our estimators and our project managers and our um, our site foremen and superintendents. Like we have our own training protocol, but we don't know it all, and neither does any other company out there. And so when you when you take um, a pool of of talented and experienced individuals in the demolition industry and you create a a training problem, a training course, and the ability to have people come in from all over the country with all different backgrounds and 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 I'll I'll say specialties within the demolition market, um, be able to sit through a couple day course and like bounce ideas and questions and problems off of each other. Like that's how you really learn, and that's that's the best way to learn things that you know companies wouldn't be able to teach um, on their own. And so that's why we've 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 spent the time and money to send. Um, numerous amounts of our people to these trainings because um, we, we just we see the value there um, you know you're not going to learn how to estimate um, soup to nuts in our estimating course but what, what you are going to learn how to do is is avoid avoid major mistakes and and learn how to learn basically it's the same thing as going to college right so you're not really learning your trade you're learning how to learn um, and uh, when to ask questions when to stop you know Right. Uh, those those kind of things. So we found it extremely valuable. And I think leading into that, I mean, that 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 whole concept is what's leading us to what we're doing now with the certification you know, development board, um, which is is basically taking that a step a step up and saying, you know, we as an association, the NDA um, feels like we need to you know, take a higher level involvement in. In the certification process of our members so that, you know, basically we're we are setting the standard for for excellence in our industry we're not allowing others to do that for us so yeah. that's, you know, that's one kind of the, the whole right one of the things i commonly hear is like we need to let the gcs the owners the management companies know of our expertise right and so i know that that's mm -hmm. very carefully thought out in the foundations of demolition training courses like how to differentiate your company how to differentiate your employees the certification is the same thing, right? So in the bidding process, you know, how, how can you, how can you as an NDA member make your company stand out in that process? Certification is one of those. The training programs is another. Our safety programs, our safety talks, our safety app. Uh, those are all things to differentiate your company in the bidding process. And the other thing I will say, and you, you touched on this briefly, but it's not just the material in the courses. It's it's so we have a course that's coming up May third through the fifth here in Washington D.C. We have 
right? I think about 25 people registered for it. And one of the cool things about it is a mock presentation, you know, mock project that the students go through. And like you said, they're bouncing ideas off of each other. They're bringing different perspectives into the course. So there are some hard and fast rules, obviously, you know, as we teach about subpart T and those, those different things in the courses, but it's that interaction and that's learning from one another and then say, hey, we do it this way in Florida, for example, or we do it this way in, in California and getting those ideas on the table. So as you said, so like not make a major mistake or what are the right questions you should be asking? And it's great to see that interaction in our courses. So, um, you know, I think everything we do here at the association has at the end of the day in mind, how can our members differentiate themselves? And so I really look forward to you know, the next two years. I know we got a lot of good stuff in the pipeline. I was just wondering if you want to talk about you know, the next two years as president, what you hope to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, we got, we got um, as you know, we have tons of, tons of items on the agenda for two years. It seems a little, uh, a little aggressive uh, in mentality, but that's kind of how we always operate. So, um, shoot for the stars and, and see if we can deliver, uh, biggest agenda item in the next two years is obviously our focus on membership growth. Um, doing this for a few reasons the biggest one is that we don't feel like we're adequately, um, representing, uh, our industry. We feel like we're, there's a lot of people that do what we do on a daily basis and aren't members. And, and we're trying to figure out why and, and trying to, you know, attract them into joining. Um, uh, part of one of the ways we're going to try and assist ourselves doing this is with the regional chapters. Um, so we've, we've, uh, we've just, you know, re kind of re-strengthen our, our relationship and our, and our, you know, first and longest chapter in SoCal. Um, so we're looking forward to uh, joining them at, at a couple of their events coming up this year. And then we're having our winter um, membership meeting um, in Palm Springs. So we'll be able to, you know, plan some some interaction with their members and make sure that um, we, we kind of hear what they have to say and, and they hear what we have to say in terms of uh, what's coming up the next few years. Um, also got regional chapters that are forming currently in Florida and uh, Michigan. So. You know, we're hoping that, um, you know, demolition is largely a local, there's a lot of local factors that, as we all know, that play into demolition as a, as a whole. There's, there's a variety of different rules, different processes, and different um, kind of general mentalities that change, uh, you know, region to region. So we're hoping that these, these chapters that form are able to kind of grasp a little more of the local, um, you know, the local needs and then attract, um, you know, local members that want to stay active in the regional chapter to become national members as well and participate in our in our national events so that we can kind of tie everything together um so that's been a extreme success and and has very, been very quickly moving um so i think in april uh, i think this month we'll be for, formally announcing you know leadership for the new chapters and and kind of um and kind of announcing that there's probably a few more options on the on the table for the coming months as far as uh, chapter locations um, additionally, um, the certification development board. So we are launching the beta test for our, uh, supervisor demolition, supervisor training, uh, uh not training, uh, certification, which is the first, you know, certification of its kind in North America. Um, and we're really looking forward to, um, to getting as many candidates, um, 
in the hopper to get to get that certification done so we can start broadcasting um, the value of that certification to potential clients, owners, insurance companies, um, you know, you name it. Um, and so that's exciting. In the meantime, um, Certification Development Board is also going to undergo a process to start um, its first, you know, field labor level certification. Uh, we're not we're not 100 sure on what that's going to be called or or the specifics of that yet, but that's in progress, and we anticipate having that, um, you know, form tested and hopefully released within the next two years. Um, and then other than that, um, normal business continuing to all the all the things that we always work on, you know, the education programs. Um, our, uh, we just recently changed the name of our quarterly meetings from, um, leadership forum to member meetings. We want to make sure everybody understands that these quarterly meetings that move locations around the country every quarter are, are open and encouraged for all members. Um, and that, and that there's, there's, there's a lot of value at these meetings in terms of one-on-one -on -one time with individuals and there, and there's always an education session. Um, and then the board meeting itself, which is open to all members, um, that we really encourage you to, um, you know, anybody that's part of the association to travel and attend these, uh, these membership meetings. Cause they're frankly, where I believe the majority of the value that I get out of the association comes from these, um, you know, smaller group interactions, um, uh, on in, in, in a quarterly format. So, uh, Jeff, you might want to. Tell everybody I, I don't have it on me what the date and location is of the next yeah. one so but, june um, 9th 10th in santa fe new mexico it's on the website um there's little upcoming meetings on the top right and then uh, if you go on the menu bar upcoming events and then quarterly member meeting um i will say the certification beta test is on the website it's right on the front page and then there's a little also drop down menu bar for certification so if you're interested in, um, and I would highly recommend um, being the first of the beta testers, so you get 20% off the, the cost of the test. It's, it's like 120 questions um, for the certification. And the information is all on the website in terms of the domains, what's covered in the test, um, application process, pre-qualifications, because you're required to have um, OSHA 10, and then there's there are a bunch of other there are but four or five other pre-qualifications be in the industry for five years. So we hope there are a lot of folks out there. You know, we've we've come up on about 80 folks that have taken and received a certificate in the foundation of the demolition uh, training course. So those are prime candidates to take the beta test. So if you have received that certificate, encourage you to take the certification. Um, really, it's a different, as we discussed earlier, it's a way to differentiate your skill sets, um, one to your employer and then your employer also, it's a way for them to differentiate themselves in the bidding process and their interaction with the GCs, um, really to upsell their companies. Um, and also certifications, it's proven, make folks safer. So just being able to see that they've gone through the OSHA 10 and 30 and they have all this other experience in terms of, you know, asbestos abatement, et cetera. So encourage you to go to the website, check that out. Any other questions, info at demolitionassociation.com. James, any parting thoughts from you on any of this stuff? No, I mean, just that there's a, uh, you know, coming out of uh, our convention, um, 
just about a month ago. There's there's a ton of excitement. There's a ton of uh, um, we'll call it energy in the air um, with the with the association, with the ex executive board, and with all the board members. Um, very excited to get to get uh, boots on the ground in our membership meeting in in Santa Fe and 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 keep the balls rolling and um, plenty of good stuff coming. So. Fantastic. Any questions, obviously, any questions, obviously the NDA staff, Jeff, Natalie, um, and all the other team members are always available and, and um, happy to help. So that's about it. James, really looking forward to the next two years. Um, got a lot of really exciting stuff um, in the hopper. So um, can't wait to um, bring all of this stuff to our next convention. It's gonna be our 50th, which is in San Antonio next year, March 6th through the 9th. Um, if you have not attended a convention recently, highly recommend you do our 50th um, in San Antonio next year. And James, appreciate your time. All right, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate yours as well. Welcome back, listeners. I am with Claudia St. John. She is with Affinity HR. She's an author, speaker, consultant, and professionally accredited HR executive with broad industry and international experience, helping large and small enterprises develop people strategies for their business success. Her company, Affinity HR, we have a partnership here at the NDA with Affinity HR. And many of our members have used their services. Um, they help trade associations such as the National Demolition Association and our members uh, fully scope their HR issues, whether it's workplace investigations, legal compliance, strategic planning, and just plain old workforce development. She's helped many of our members. So I invited her on today's podcast to talk to her about some of the pressing issues in the industry. So welcome, Claudia. Thank you. Happy to be here again. Great to have you back. I know that you're on the road quite a bit, traveling to different uh, parts of the country, helping different groups, associations, and uh, their members with HR issues. So I thought it would be a good time, especially given what's going on in the construction industry. Um, with workforce development and then the new infrastructure bill to have you come on and just chat with us. So appreciate you being here. Um, you know, in the, in our industry in construction, um, you know, demolition is sometimes upstream from construction, sometimes downstream from construction. You know, many of our members will subcontract um, or work with management companies on their projects. And certainly with infrastructure coming down the pike, we're going to see a lot of uh, bigger, heavy industrial projects coming down, um, super fun sites, et cetera. So our members have been incredibly busy um, and we're just seeing the start of infrastructure. But given that, you know, in the construction industry itself, we're looking at anywhere from 400 to 500,000 positions right now on current jobs that are not filled. Mm -hmm. And I recently read unemployment at, is at its lowest level in 50 years. So uh, can you tell us about the current job market? Yeah. Um, so uh, I would just prepare you for the fact that this is not going to be all sunshine and roses, what I'm about to share with you. Um, so, yeah, you're right. The unemployment right now is at about it bumps around 3.4, 3.6 percent nationally. 
Um, and for context, full employment is considered anything 4.2% or below. So we have been historically, for the since the pandemic ended really, um, since lockdown ended, we've been at um, dramatically low unemployment. And this is across all sectors. Um, and one of the reasons for that is that, and, and I get this question a lot, when are they going to come back? Where are they and when are they going to come back? Well, they're not going to come back. Literally, everybody who wants a job has a job right now. And I think that's the first takeaway um, for your members, that everybody is currently working. Um, we lost about 8 million people from the workforce as a result of COVID, and that is in the form of um, about 2 million either COVID deaths or long COVID um, workers that are gone. We lost about 2.5 million early retirees earlier than we expected them. Um, moms have been leaving the workforce uh, because of the pressures with schooling and the cost of health of, of child care. And we've also uh, locked down our borders. And so we don't have the normal flow of immigrants that we would normally have. So we're about a million workers down just from immigration. Um, so we're 8 million people short. We've got 10 million open jobs and about 5 million active workers. So the important thing I think for your members to realize is that this, this labor shortage is going to be with us for a decade. Um, and we don't have Gen Z is a, a, a smaller population, so they're not filling in what is leaving in terms of baby boomer retirements. The birth rate is low and millennials are not having babies in the quantity or um, speed that we normally would have. So this labor shortage exists everywhere. And I know that your members probably have seen some big layoffs. You know, there have been some high profile layoffs. But those are in only specific sectors. And when I go out and speak, as you said, I, I do a lot of public speaking and I ask folks, how many of you plan on laying somebody off or laying your workforce off in the next year? Nobody raises their hands. And the people that are getting laid off tend to be in tech, tend to be in banking, certain sectors that are dramatically impacted by the interest rates. But they're also getting snapped up by other industries who are looking for talent. So your members are all competing for the same people that everybody else is competing for. And the bottom line is labor is a diminishing resource. There just isn't going to be enough to fill the jobs that we have, at least for the next decade. And our population numbers are not looking good for the rest of the century. So, yeah, here we are. <laughs> I mean, for, you know, this is it's a constant question I get from uh from members, right? And we just completed our new strategic plan. One of the pillars of the plan is workforce development and what can NDA do, right? So there are a couple of things in the plan that um, we're going to be implementing to help our members. One is the concept of recruitment in a box, um, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, right? It is um, helping our members with job descriptions, with postings, um, you know, going out, showcasing what they can do in their company and what they offer in this competitive landscape to, you know, recruit the next generation, the labor force that's out there. Mm -hmm. um, it is, you know, I just read that in the construction industry, backlogs have been going up. Mm -hmm. So yes, it looks, you, you hear the stuff in the tech sector, you hear the stuff about the banking industry, like you had mentioned, but backlogs have been increasing, and certainly with infrastructure coming down the pike, we're just 
getting started on some of the heavy industrial work that many of our members do. Mm -hmm. And so I just get that question a lot. And I know that you at Affinity HR, you offer services, you help folks with the recruitment. Um, and I would encourage our members, please take advantage of that. Go to our website, go under membership, member benefits. There's a, there's a webpage dedicated to Affinity HR and the services. Our members do get a discount. So um, again, you know, just appreciate that partnership with you. Um, but I know that one of the things that you do at Affinity HR is help employers uh, recruit and then retain current employees. So what is your advice? What can employers do to retain their current employees? So if we're looking on retention, it's really, you know, I'm going to tackle them both at the same time because it really is a mind shift that has to happen both on the hiring and on the engagement side. And that is you need to realize that you are competing against literally everybody else for that talent. So I think one of the one of the things when hiring is I they need to imagine who they want to hire and what those people want and need from a job. Um, a lot of old, old school recruiting techniques is like, here's the job and, and, you know, we hope you apply. And what we're, what it really is now is a marketing campaign. You need to market your business. You need to market what you offer um, in a unique way that speaks specific to that person or people you're trying to hire so that you can woo them away from wherever they are. And that's the name of the game. And so what we know workers want, um, and this is crystal clear, and it doesn't matter whether you're in construction or whether you're you know, in a white collar tech job, people want meaningful work. How, what, 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 what is the meaning that you're bringing? And I think in this industry, there's a lot of meaning. Like you, you clean up the environment, you create infrastructure, you, you prepare the economy and, and every aspect of it for the future. Um, you remove the old and clean and then help create the, the new. And, and I think connecting the dots on how that work is meaningful. They want freedom and flexibility. And I know a lot of folks in this construction industry in this sort of space say, you know, we can't work from home if we're building or decommissioning um, a facility. Well, that's true. So imagine what other kind of flexibility can you provide? Can you provide flexibility in your scheduling? Can you provide flexibility in your leave, in your paid time off? What kind of flexibility can you create? Because that's going to differentiate you from someone else. They also want adequate compensation, but that doesn't mean you have to pay top dollar. It means that you have to at least satisfy their financial needs and be competitive. They want wellness and well-being. Um, you know, even even workers in this sector, they face some emotional challenges. We've all been through a pretty massive storm all in our own individual boats and what boat are they in and how can you support them and their families and their children? Because this is, you know, if your kids are struggling emotionally as a parent, you're struggling as well. And so focusing on the things that we know they want, imagining it in their voice, imagining that ideal person, and then going out and finding that marketing to them. The days are over with just posting an ad on Indeed. It's just everybody has opportunities. There's just so much out there. So I think it's really um, reimagining 
what you're offering, imagine it as marketing and speaking uniquely to them in a way that will entice them to come and see this as an an exciting opportunity, um, opportunity to learn and grow and travel and really do amazing things. And I, I think that's that's both on the re- on the hiring side and also on the retention side. And then there's one other thing I want to say about that. You know, a lot of folks, they're looking for experience. Um, that experience is not out there. They're all they're all gainfully employed. So if you're having a hard time finding experience, I would encourage you to think about what is applicable experience that can be developed. Um, I know in, you know, print and building materials, wholesale lumber in so many different industries, they're going into the middle school to try to generate feeders into their workforce. They've already tapped the vocational schools. They've already tapped high schools. So your competition is looking at these people when they're very young. So you need, and they they won't have any experience starting out. So you really need to look strategically. This is the time to be strategic with your hiring and your workforce and all of your retention and hiring efforts. So I know that you and Affinity HR can help our companies formulate this, right? Um, One of the things we're doing here at the National Demolition Association, I think it's interesting, you touched on a few things that are in our new strategic plan. Um, One of those is we're creating both a pathway um, in the industry. So from, you know, entry into the demolition sector, what does that career path look like? You know, many of our members started out as laborers um, and then worked their way up. Now they own their own companies. Um, That's the American dream, right? So that message needs to be told. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, you're coming into this industry, but there's so much opportunity in this industry. The other thing that you touched on, um, which quite frankly is the reason, one of the reasons why I took the job here, um, you look at the schools with lead, asbestos, you look at these old buildings from the 50s and 60s that it's their life cycle is complete now. But what you're effectively doing in the demolition industry is you are making things safe. Yeah. You are rejuvenating communities. Yeah. You are cleaning up these super fun sites, disaster relief. We, you know, we were just those um, the horrible uh, tornadoes that just happened down mm-hmm. in the south um, or Surfside, you know, it was it was it was three NDA members that worked in Surfside. Um, there is so many positive, yeah. wonderful things about this industry, and and quite frankly, the National Demolition Association needs to tell that story, which we're going to be working on doing that, helping our members. We're going to be putting together a pre-apprenticeship um, training um, guidelines for folks when people first come into the industry. What are the basic things that they need to do? These are some of the things in the new strap plan that you're going to see coming out of NDA in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as well as the recruitment in a box. So I just, it's, and I have to say from my perspective, you know, my my grandfather um, was a sheet metal apprentice, ended up owning his own auto body shop. Um, I've got to tell you, like, I love working for this association, but it kind of sucks to be behind a desk all day. Um, <laughs> and I mean, for for our members, 
you know, it is a wonderful thing that you're out there in the field and that you're out there in the fresh air. I'm right now wishing I was outside at 70. <laughs> so there are so many things that we can promote and do um, to help people that. understand, like, this is a pathway to the American dream, right? I mean, I feel like I'm on a soapbox here, but there are so many cool things that this industry does. So I guess what I'm saying to you and then to our members is, you help people craft these stories for their companies. Yeah. And yeah. so again, you know, one of the great things about a trade association is bringing together the bulk of the industry and we're able to offer like bulk discounts and stuff like that. So working with more of a bespoke organization like yours that helps uh, companies figure this stuff out, we're able to offer these discounts. So again, members, please check it out on our website, Affinity HR. Uh, NDA under membership, and there's some really good discounts on there to help you recruit. Um, so having said all of that, um, you know, we talked about retaining talent here. What are some best ways you can position yourself, your company, um, and recruiting new members? What's the, what is the, what do you see over the next four to five years um, as being the you tapped on a few of these, but is being the biggest factors in companies that will be successful at recruiting? Um, well, I, I think I think telling that story, creating meaning um, is critical. And I, and I also think in that storytelling, I would focus on the things that are what are perceived barriers. So maybe it's old school, maybe it's not not a pathway for a career for a woman. Maybe it's um, there's no technology and it's dirty and it's hard and it's like focus on the things also that are the negative perceptions of the industry. And, you know, every industry has them um, and turn that story around. So um, I, I think really thinking strategically about um, what your what your message is. Um, I also think that, you know, your members they did not get into business for the purpose of focusing exclusively on their employees and employee engagement. Nobody did. No one ever has. Nobody will. And that is the job going forward. Um, labor is a diminishing resource. So all of that effort, if you don't have the bandwidth or the, or the capabilities internally, you need to hire that or contract out for that because you have to constantly be looking not just at your critical pathways to get into the, the careers that you have available, but also to make sure that you're putting in place the programs that your employees want and need that will keep them. And if I had a dollar, if I only had one dollar, right? So if people don't have budget for HR, that's fine. But if I only had one dollar, I would invest in management training and supervisory training because the most you know, people don't quit their jobs, they quit their supervisors. And that supervisors and those managers and those relationships, that's also what creates meaning. That's also what creates a career for the rest of their career. And what we know is that your members and many industries like yours, they're so good at training the doing do this, do that, don't do that, be safe over here. A lot of training around equipment, a lot of training around safety, a lot of training around how the job gets done and nothing around empathy. 
and nothing around critical conversations, nothing around emotional intelligence, nothing around um, how to communicate with different types of people to create um, those relationships. And if you only have one dollar to spend, that's the best money, I think, out there. Um, after that, it's on those those critical pathways and opportunities for growth, um, you know, on wellness and well-being, making sure your pay and your benefits are um, are up there and really trying to figure out a way to give your employees some some measure of freedom or flexibility. Um, and that's the hardest thing. A lot of folks don't know how to crack that nut. And a lot of the biggest barriers to that are the scheduling supervisors and managers who say, I need you this day to that day, period. And they may not have that same priority on, on speaking to engaging employees, but that five years, yeah, that's going to make the difference. And I also think technology and automation is going to have to be um, looked at, recognizing that we just don't have the bodies out there for all of the jobs that we're going to have in the next decade. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, you talked about like turning the negatives into a positive. Um, absolutely. You know, I mean, there are so many cool things. I just, we just got out of our convention, there was a display. You could operate an excavator that was in the desert a few hundred miles away. I mean, there's so many cool, innovative things that are coming out um, right now in the industry. And I, you know, I will say uh, as well, um, you hit the nail on the head, and this came up with our in our strategic planning session with our board of directors. But it's people don't quit the company, they quit the supervisor. And so mm -hmm. that's one thing that's in our new strategic plan we're going to be taking a look at is management training, is leadership training. Yeah. Um, you know, because somebody does something when they come in, they're a good equipment operator, et cetera. So they're, you know, kudos, yay. Like they push up, you push them up to a management level and they don't have any background or experience in that, but they were an excellent equipment operator, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like the employees then that are under that new supervisor, you know, they sort of suffer because of that lack of training. And so mm -hmm. we want to be able to offer our members that supervisor leadership role type training. So we're going to be looking into that over the next uh, year and a half to two years, and we'll be rolling something out to our members. So uh, appreciate your comments here, Claudia. Always appreciate you coming on the show. Can you tell our members um, uh, how they can get in contact with you? You know, just a little bit about Affinity HR before we uh, sign off here. Absolutely. Well, and and I just want to say kudos to you and the board because having looked at your strategic plan, um, when you asked me what the workforce needs for the next five years, I really feel like you guys are 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 focusing and, and you're looking down the road. So um, kudos to you to, to be making those investments now because they'll be critical. Um, yeah, so thank you for the opportunity. So Affinity HR Group, um, you can find us on the, the NDA website, um, as you mentioned, under member benefits. Um, they can reach out to me directly at hello at affinityhrgroup.com or claudia at affinityhrgroup.com. Essentially, we're here. We have a, a 139 a month um, uh, program where we'll help these folks with their HR employee handbooks, policies, procedures. And, you know, I have to say one thing, this industry, you're you're bringing in employees from all different places and putting them in all different places. And that's an HR nightmare. I honestly don't know 
how you all do that. Um, and you have to be compliant in every single place where your employees are working on your behalf. That's a lot. So we're here to help support that effort to make sure that you are compliant. Um, I think federal labor law is going to be swinging not in the favor of a lot of your members. So there are going to be more crackdowns and regulations. So we're here for that at 139 a month. And we'll also maintain those handbooks for you. We also have a very robust uh, recruiting and headhunting package. Um, as a, an NDA member, we can fill a position for you for 11000 almost $12,000. It's a flat fee. Um, and we have performance guarantees on that. So um, that's heavily discounted. And, and you know, we, we, we know your space and we know how to tell these stories and we know that they need to be told. Um, we also have a compensation practice. A lot of folks have been dealing with wage compression. You know, you have to pay more to get high talent these days, but then you've got your existing talent and then you have maybe internal competitiveness, but you have external or internal, inter, external competitiveness and internal inequity. Um, so we're here for that. And also just a lot of management trainings, just pick up the phone and call as a member. Um, you don't need a contract to reach out to us if you have a question or a concern. So affinityhrgroup.com or through the NDA website. And we're just really excited about working with you on these initiatives going forward. And, and uh, we hope to strengthen and, and deepen the relationship with you and your members. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Claudia. And members do reach out. Uh, it is a great resource for y'all. And Claudia, we hope to speak to you soon. I look forward to it. Be safe. This is Alex McIntyre with NDA's Government Affairs Team. Uh, today, I, I just want to provide a brief rundown of all of the issues that NDA has been tracking out in D.C. Uh, first, we'll start on Capitol Hill. Um, President Biden uh, last month released his budget request to Congress for fiscal year 2024. Um, the president has to send Congress his budget request every spring. Um, and while it's not required to be passed by Congress, a con it kind of kicks off the appropriations process and helping Congress decide how to allocate funding for the upcoming year. Um, so in the president's budget, he includes $6.8 trillion in spending for next year, along with $5 trillion in new taxes on high earning individuals and corporations. The president has been trying to push these tax increases now for almost three years. Um, NDA has been opposed to these as they would impact the demolition industry. Um, and so we'll continue to oppose those increases. Um, one thing that's different about this year compared to the past two years is that the House is now controlled by Republicans and they also oppose the tax increases. So we don't expect them to bring up any bills that would include that. Um, so that is uh, positive news. In terms of other uh, policy proposals in the president's request, um, he includes things such as workforce development programs, uh, funding for the infrastructure bill, funding for the EPA Brownsfield and EPA Superfund programs, and then also the community development block grant. These are all provisions that NDA does support, and we agree with the president that these should be included. Um, and so we're going to work with both the White House and Congress 
to to try to include these priorities and other NDA priorities in the upcoming appropriations bill, which has to be passed by uh, September 30th. Uh, in terms of other things that we're tracking on the Hill, um, Congress is still trying to decide how to handle the debt ceiling. They have to raise the debt ceiling uh, by June, July, or August um, to ensure that the U.S. is not default on its debt obligations. There remains a pretty big disagreement between both parties on how to do this. Re Republicans would like to include spending cuts as part of that bill, while the Democrats just want a bill that would cleanly raise the debt ceiling. Um, and so this is something that's probably going to go down to the brink of the deadline. Um, so we'll see what Congress does there. Uh, for NDA, we're, we're going to be tracking to see if Congress includes any provisions that impact the demolition industry. Um, and so we'll be tracking that closely. Um, we're also tracking the workforce development issue. Um, the House, uh, in the last two weeks, held a hearing on uh, workforce development um, and trying to close the skills gap um, in the economy. Um, and so we thought it was important that NDA weighed in on that. So we did send in comments for the hearing. Uh, we outlined our priorities on the issue and just the importance and the er, the um, urgency of Congress really tackling this issue in the next few months. Um, and then we're also tracking uh, a potential bill that would reform the Pell, Pell Grant program. Um, this is a program that typically provides uh, federal uh, support to low-income students to help pay for college. Right now, Congress is thinking about a proposal that would include short-term workforce programs as a part of that. Um, and so there seems to be some traction on that between both parties and in both chambers. Um, and so that so that's something that we continue to talk to Congress about. And, you know, we'll be heavily involved in that if that gets up off the ground. Um, so that'll be a big priority for us. Um, we also did to submit comments to the Senate on the estate tax. Um, so there is a bill introduced in the Senate that would repeal the permanently repeal the estate tax. NDA has always supported this issue and we will continue to, to do so in the future. Those comments that we sent in were sent in with um, other employer groups as part of a, a coalition. So we're gonna continue to work with that coalition um, to get that bill passed. Um, while you know the chances of that passing this year aren't great, we're hoping it starts the conversation of including something in a future tax bill um, that would either repeal the estate tax or potentially extend the uh, estate tax exemption that was increased in the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And so that expires in 2025. And so we're hoping this kind of starts a, a dialogue in Congress um, on extending that provision. Um, so that's kind of an update on the latest activity on Capitol Hill on the regulatory side, there are a few issues that we um, continue to track and we've sent in comments on. So the, the Federal Trade Commission um, in January proposed a, uh, proposed a new rule and regulation to uh, 
ban all existing and future non-compete agreements between employers and employees. Um, NEA decided to come out in opposition to the proposed rule. Um, so we will be sending in comments to the FTC opposing it. Um, so we will be tracking that. Um, and then we did also send comments into the EPA on a petition that they received from a group that asked them to to list discarded PVC as hazardous hazardous waste um, under the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act. Um, this would obviously have a huge impact on the demolition industry. So uh, we sent a comment telling the EPA to continue to oppose this, um, and it, and in their first decision on the issue they did oppose it so we're hoping that they maintain that position um, and then two something we're tracking here in the next few few weeks will be the release of a potential rule on overtime pay so the white house is hoping to release something on that um, by the end of uh the spring. And so they're looking at potentially increasing the salary th threshold as long, along with making changes potentially to the, the, the duties test. Um, and so we'll see if they release anything on that, that would obviously have a big impact on the employer community. Um, and we've heard too, that if they don't, release anything by the end of the spring, that they're going to kick that can down to the fall. Um, so that'll be an important issue too that we continue to track. Um, so that is the latest update from DC and thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.